Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill? For me? That's right. The Little Pink Pill. And it's called Addy. A-D-D-Y-I. Or Flibanserin. Learn more about The Little Pink Pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at Addy.com slash P-I. Or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved Little Pink Pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Hey everybody, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast, bringing you newsmaking interviews with the biggest names in rock and metal each and every Thursday. Thank you for listening and checking it out and subscribing. And as I tell you guys every week, if you only listen to this podcast, you're only getting a tiny tiny taste of what I do on the radio every day. That's because this podcast and the interviews you hear in it come from my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, which is heard live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern on Faction Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. So come on board if you're in the U.S. or Canada and get the full picture and join me each and every day for Rock Talk interactive you can call in we have a ton of great guests hope you come on board and join me for the full show great way to do it is getting a trial subscription if you don't already have sirius xm all you got to do is go to siriusxm.com slash eddie trunk three months free to sample sirius xm every day no credit card required and you can hear the full picture of what i do on a daily basis on the radio and remember If you work and you can't listen in that 3 to 5 Eastern slot when I'm on live every day, no worries. As soon as the show is done, it's on the app. 
for you to listen to on demand anytime you want as well. All right, so this week on the podcast, I'm bringing you a big special that I did about a month ago from Indio, California, and the first ever Power Trip Festival. Now, I don't know if this is going to be an annual event or not, if they're going to do it again or not. We just haven't heard that information yet. But the event was huge because it marked the return of ACDC. Now, at the time that I'm giving you this podcast, ACDC still have not announced any additional concerts. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I don't know if they will or not. I don't know if maybe after doing Power Trip, they didn't feel up to it or not. I'm really not sure. But as of this moment, no further ACDC shows have yet to be announced. Obviously, that could change at any moment. Unfortunately, even though I talked to four of the six artists that performed a power trip, I was unable to wrangle anybody from ACDC for the special. We also didn't get anybody from Tool. But what we did get is Nico McBrain and Rod Smallwood of Iron Maiden. At the time we did this, they have not they had not announced their additional tour dates yet. Obviously, since the interview you're about to hear, they have announced more shows. They kind of tease it a little bit in the interview. Also, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses gave me some time. Ian Hill and Richie Faulkner of Judas Priest sat with me. And Lars Ulrich of Metallica also gave me some time. You'll hear from all of them in the special from Power Trip you're about to hear. Additionally, Chris Robinson from the Black Crows was hanging out the entire weekend. I got him on with us for a bit. Same with Scotty Hill, guitarist from Skid Row. You're going to hear from all of them in this special podcast, bringing you a Power Trip special from California with all of those guests coming up here in just seconds. Remember, follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter or X as it's now known, Facebook page and Instagram for info and updates on all fronts. Without further ado, some thoughts to get things started about Power Trip and ACDC's performance and then all of those interviews. I'm happy to bring to you now on the podcast this week, the entire Power Trip special from the first ever Power Trip festival in indio california on the eddie trunk podcast welcome everybody it's eddie trunk and this is the power trip trunk nation special it was awesome to be able to be at the first ever power trip event which happened in indio california three big days two bands a day and uh, quite a roster of incredible hard rock and metal artists Really an amazing bill. We talked about it a lot throughout the year. We went through the ups and downs of it. We, of course, know that Ozzy was originally on this, uh, was not part of it, replaced by Judas Priest. We had the exclusive news here on Trunk Nation about Sabbath actually being offered this and pulled out of it because they didn't think Ozzy would be able to handle it, which, of course, turned out to be the case. So it's been something that's been a talking point on Trunk Nation for months now, and it was awesome to finally be able to go to it, attend it, and be a part of it by bringing you a broadcast from backstage, which you're about to hear now with the artists that we were able to get. Now, unfortunately, we were not able to get anyone from ACDC or Tool, we certainly did try. Uh, ACDC were pretty much in total lockdown and were not doing anything 
uh, before or after Power Trip in terms of interviews. Obviously, as I've said repeatedly, Power Trip was very much about ACDC. With all respect to the other bands on the bill, ACDC is not only the biggest band of the six, but also the band that hadn't done anything in six, seven years, certainly with Brian Johnson. So it was a super significant show for them to come back from. It was, at the time of Power Trip, their only announced show in the world. At the time I'm recording this, it's still the only announced show that ACDC have, although I fully expect more to be announced. So they were really under a lot of pressure to deliver, and they really, really did. I really think that ACDC, and I'll talk about this here for a second at the top of the show, I think ACDC exceeded my expectations. Uh, Going into their performance on Saturday night and being backstage and talking to so many fans and other artists that were there, there was a great excitement to see ACDC, but there was also a little bit of an apprehension because nobody had seen the band in a long time. We all know Brian Johnson had the very well-documented hearing issues. We didn't know how they were going to sound. How was Angus going to be? The band was bringing in a new drummer in Matt Laug. How was he going to be with Phil Rudd not being able to play with the band? So there were a lot of questions about ACDC, and among hardcore fans, a bit of a concern as to what they were actually going to get, what sort of shape the band would be in musically and vocally. I can tell you from my experience that, again, I felt like they exceeded expectations. Is Brian Johnson going to sound like the guy that made Back in Black back in 1980? Of course not. He's 76 now, but he did way better singing in that style on a an enormous stage at 76 years old coming off of the hearing issues than anyone could have expected. The band put a tremendous set list together. When you're ACDC and you've got a ton of of music to pick from. You're not going to please everybody, but I really feel they touched on everything. The Bond stuff, the Brian stuff, the big hits, deep tracks like Dog Eat Dog, and of course, the key tracks from the more recent records being represented as well. So I thought it was a phenomenal set list. I thought the band sounded great. I thought Angus was still Angus. I thought Brian did a fine job. And now we wait and see if ACDC are going to do more. Every indicator is that they will. Again, at the time that I'm doing this, nothing further has been announced, but we'll keep an eye on it and keep you posted should something happen. So I think it was a very triumphant return for ACDC, and uh, I don't expect them to tour going forward in the traditional sense, but I would expect some other gargantuan stadium headlining dates around the world, assuming they feel good about the performance they turned in at Power Trip. So again, I'm sure we'll get stuff with ACDC should they do more down the line. Brian Johnson was on this show not long ago. That's on the SiriusXM app if you missed it. And unfortunately, we didn't get anyone from ACDC to speak on the record on this special. The same goes for Tool. 
We certainly reached out. We certainly tried. Unfortunately, no luck on that. As you know, Tool are kind of, you know, tough to wrangle sometimes and a bit reclusive. And that's kind of goes in with their whole vibe. But what we do have for you coming up in this two-hour Trunk Nation Power Trip special are interviews with Nico McBrain of Iron Maiden, along with his manager, Rod Smallwood, who's basically like, you know, the the seventh member of Iron Maiden at this point, and the only guy besides Steve Harris who has literally been there since day one. So we'll hear from Nico and Rod. And I also grabbed some people that were just rock fans that happened to be in other major bands that were hanging out watching the show all weekend. And those people include Scotty Hill, guitarist from Skid Row, and Chris Robinson, lead singer of the Black Crows, who I spent a lot of time with over the weekend. And he was there all three days taking it all in. And we get some great stuff from him in this special as well. As far as other bands that played Power Trip, we also got some time with Duff McKagan, Talking Guns and Roses, and talking a little bit about his coming solo record. Also, I had a great hang with Ian Hill of Judas Priest and Judas Priest guitarist Richie Faulkner. That was a lot of fun. You'll hear that coming up. Also, Lars Ulrich of Metallica. Lars always stepping up for the show and was nice enough before Metallica played and closed it out on Sunday to spend some time speaking with us about Metallica, about the recent tour, 72 seasons, and just how geeked up he was about Power Trip. Just so you know, the guys in Metallica were at Power Trip, even though they only played on Sunday night, they were at Power Trip the entire three days and watching the bands and being like kids loving it. And, you know, that just shows you Metallica. I mean, one of the biggest bands in the world, but still super fans at the end of the day, which is so cool to see. So Lars gives us a great interview as well, and you'll be hearing that coming up in just a bit. So I'm excited to bring you this Power Trip special. I hope you guys enjoy it. We will pick up with Nico McBrain and Rod Smallwood and talk some Iron Maiden. That is first up, and we'll visit with them right after this break. Eddie Trunk here with you on the Power Trip Trunk Nation special. First interview I have for you is with Nico McBrain, the drummer from Iron Maiden. Rod Smallwood was with him, the longtime Iron Maiden manager. And for those that are longtime listeners of mine, Nico and Rod did a radio show with me a number of years ago, and it was basically like a comedy routine with these two bickering at each other live on the radio. As we were getting ready to do this interview, Rod was with us, and he referenced that. And he, he said, remember that? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, why don't you sit down with Nico, and we'll try to recreate that a little bit, because the dynamic between the two of them is hysterical. So Rod Smallwood, who's basically as I said, the seventh member of Iron Maiden and outside of Steve Harris, the longest tenured Maiden guy, uh, joins us for this. Nico McBrain celebrating 40 years as the drummer in Iron Maiden recently revealed he had some serious health issues. We touch on that as well. Here's how our conversation went backstage at Power Trip. It is awesome that one of the first 
people that I saw on day one that I got here is a guy that I was so excited to see, the drummer of Iron Maiden, the one and only Mr. Nico McBrain. Good to see you. Well, it's good to be seen. Ed, it's great, mates. Thank you for, for having me on and uh, very excited to be here. Thanks for making the time. Now, I couldn't not acknowledge the guy sitting next to you because one time on my radio show, number of years ago we had a comedy trio going we did that was unbelievable <laughs> also sitting here and we we got to get him to say hello manager of iron maiden since day one the founding father of iron maiden Absolutely. practically along with steve harris mr rod smallwood good to see you rod uh thank you very much eddie i remember the last time i saw you was about eight o'clock at night i had 18 cans of beer when i came to just hold nico's <laughs> hand and now you ask me about 200 people on stage at a major festival. Well, uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, I'll have you back one day. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. Hope you enjoy the shows, guys. Yeah, well, everyone's excited. Maiden on here. This is the only announced uh, U.S. show at the time that we're doing this for the Future Pass yes, tour. Yeah. So everyone's so excited that it's making a stop here in Indio for Power Trip. But I know you've been out doing it for a while. So how's it been going? It's been going great. Um, started off. A little shaky for me, uh, but as the time and the shows, the more shows we performed, I started to get a little bit more strength, and uh, and they were they've been really rocking out well. And the, the last couple of months have been fantastic. Well, and of course we should mention that's a reference to the fact that recently it came out that you had suffered some a stroke yeah. and that uh, you were powering through. Yes, so how are you feeling now, and how did that impact you playing? Because it's remarkable that you were able to. As a drummer, especially, perform yes, and keep time with everything you've endured. How yeah. are you doing now? Uh, doing good, thank you. Um, I'm still probably, I'd say I'm 85 to 90% back to strength, uh, but I still have a little less uh, dexterity with, with speed in my fingers. My fingers are the ones that, 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 that this is the last thing to strengthen up. So, uh, but it's, it's, you know, I had to change some certain drum feels. Some uh, feels that are new, you know, everybody's no, no, you know, knows me for on certain songs. I've had to improvise those at rehearsals to be able to actually play the songs. Uh, so now I'm starting to actually be able to uh, kind of embrace it a bit more. And I can't do that live. I have to wait until we start, you know, doing some rehearsals again or whatever it is. But, you know, I, I'm definitely getting stronger. Thank you for asking. And I've had great support from Rod, the band, and all, the, all of the fans out there. They've been absolutely, they've shown me so much love. It's, it's amazing. Well, that's great to hear. And you certainly look great and you seem in great spirits. Thanks, so that's, that's awesome. So going back to this tour, anybody that follows Maiden knows there's always a, a theme to the tours, whatever absolutely. the theme you're doing. This one, Future Past, which kind of got announced, if I remember, on the last tour, you kind of started putting out that that would be this. Because with Senjutsu coming out, you did some from it, but you didn't really do it as much as you wanted to That's on right. the previous story because you were still on kind of the previous cycle. Yeah. So, so tell me about digging more into the latest record and playing it live oh. and what the response has been like. Well, it's been fantastic. Uh, you know, the, 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 it was the third part of the Legacy of the Beast tour last year. Um, we decided, and, and, and Rod basically and Steve went, oh, look, you know, we gotta, we've got to do a Senjutsu realm. If you remember that tour, we were doing like a hell realm, a uh, cathedral and a war field. And we binned out the war, you know, like Aces High to open the show and changed it to a Senjutsu realm. But it only got three songs. Uh, it was Senjutsu, uh, Stratego and Writing on the Wall. So then we came into this, this Future Pass tour and that realm went because we had a completely new stage set designed. 
which is actually phenomenal. Um, and uh, so he dropped uh, Senjutsu and Stratego, kept writing on the wall, and four other uh, monster tracks off the album. So, and they've been received so well. You know, obviously the kids know writing on a wall, uh, as it was a great hit for the band. Um, but the, 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 the new snuff stuff has gone down really, really well. And that's a testament, and Rod, you can chime in on this too, being there since day one with Maiden. The testament to the Maiden fan base that you guys can throw anything you throw at them on any given tour. Most bands can't go out and feature a new record and have the fans embrace it. For most of them, it's a chance. Most bands, their fans go to the beer line or to the bathroom. I saw you do writing on the wall and some of that, and it was brand new at the time, and the fans are like all in on it. Even a matter of life and death when you did that, I remember. I mean, the fact that you Maiden is a fan base that is all on board with what you bring them is really uh, remarkable. Yeah, it's. I mean, there, in, in the, on this tour, there are five songs we've never played live before this tour. The four epic tracks from the album from Senjutsu, but also a track we have, we've never done live, which is Alexander the Great. Which I was going to get to. I know that was a. It's mm, a big moment for Maiden and, fans. I mean. One thing about this tour, the production on it, the back, the drapes and such like, are just pro- as good as we've ever had. And um, using your side screens as well, it brings the whole thing to life. But I think the key thing for this, this current tour is we never really, in the 80s, we never filmed somewhere in time tour. Um, we filmed the other, the other two, either side, Power Slave and Seven Sun. And Steve's always been pissed off with me about that. But at the time, there wasn't really that market for those concerts. So it was a great. So it hasn't been featured in our hits tours, which we've been doing between album tours. So it made a lot of sense just going that way and bringing in somewhere in time as a major part of the set. Hence the future past title, and I think the fans have been well. They've reckoned it's as good a set list we've ever had, yeah, it's, which it's, is terrific. Yeah, and it's really a fantastic. It's a challenge, obviously, because what I went through. But there's a challenge on top of that to embrace the new songs, the older songs. Yeah, fair enough. You know, we played those quite a lot over the years. So the new songs have really got a, a special life of their own, especially live. So, uh, that, you know, Death of the Celts is, is, a, is a highlight track for me. Time Machine track, that, that's just, it's just such a great, I mean, Steve is yeah, such Death, a, Death of the Celts is yeah, stunning. You know, stunning. and then we, we, we do the encore. We come, you know, we got, so, you know, obviously we, we, we re uh, reinvented, if you like, Heaven Can Wait. We haven't played that in quite a while. How long was it? Like Are you still bringing people out? I remember no, back when you used, no, to, you used to have everybody come this, out for no, the... No, I even did it a couple of <laughs> times. Now, nowadays, yeah, you imagine getting over 30 people on stage <laughs> to do Heaven Can Wait, and they're all wanting to bring the cameras. Right, right. had to say cameras over everybody. No, we'll, uh, we'll stick... We'll, we'll stick to having it. Yeah. So you're, you're handling the big chorus yourself. You guys got it <laughs> yeah. covered this well, time. There's, there's a battle on stage now, just, just, you know, in that kind of solo section. So Bruce gives Eddie a bit of a doing and vice versa. But it's such a great, you know, this set is so great to play for, for me. I know I, I struggled at the beginning, but it really has this wonderful flow to it. And, um, you know, it's just, it's immense. It really is. So then, of course, we come off after Maiden and uh, we have a little towel down and a kind of, <gasps> let's get, we get our breath <laughs> little back, oxygen. You know? <laughs> um, and then we, we do uh, Hell on Earth, which is, it's just such an epic track. Of course, Senjutsu's part of, of one of this show, a big part, but as is, as Rod mentioned, Somewhere in Time album, yeah. and you you all know that the Maiden fans just were 
bonkers when it was revealed that you were finally going to play Alexander the Great oh live. Yeah. yeah. So so it's tell me what that's been like to dig into and and why wasn't it ever in the set before? Oh. I mean, you've done epics before. Why was it looked we over? All, we always had other ones we, we, that we did. I don't, I don't know what, at the time why not. Um, I not, do. Not a Steve. <laughs> no, right. I, I ain't said. Well, no, the, 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 the um, it only goes there. There's a seven, eight section. You go back, 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 go back, back, back. And, go, and there's this guitar line. And it's in actual four. It goes do the loo loo dee da 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 but playing that against the seven is really tricky and Adrian when we actually were rehearsing for so we actually rehearsed that song and we decided man Adrian was very upset about doing that particular one he couldn't get his head around it so um, anyway now it's another you know this we're going back 37 years you know 30 35 um, years back and so that's one of the reasons that we, we didn't really address it as such. Let's do this, you know. And it was just, it was suggested many times. It went, I know we got this song off the new record to do this song, whatever. So um, when it was decided to do Alexander, it was a real challenge because there's so many arrangements and changes in time in that song. And it, and and if it, if the verse is a little quick, it's very difficult to verse. I mean, gosh, what Harry was thinking on you know with the with the lyrics on that song, but uh, so I I have to be very aware of where I take the meter for the verse and, and the chorus, uh, you know. Um, but it's a, it's just overwhelming to, to when we get to play it, and I think the general. What do you think, Rod? I mean, you agree that it goes down so very well. Everybody's like they're they're in awe of it. Yeah. When you said when they announced that this was happening, it was revealed you were playing it. To me. That was the biggest storyline among the Maiden fans. Mm. Finally, finally, Absolutely. Alexander the Great live. <laughs> they were so excited about it. And uh, I know you got to get on stage soon, so so I won't hold you much longer. But is that fun for you, you know, being in Maiden all these years, mm. 40 uh, years? 40 years, mate, yeah. Which is remarkable. Yeah. I'm on, I'm Does he get a watch, watch or something, Rod? <laughs> you, you don't get nothing. <laughs> you don't know. You get nothing. Uh, but but is it fun for you to go back into the catalog on records you made early on in your time in Maiden oh my gosh, and play yeah. songs you've never played in forty yes, years? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, you know, the, the, you know, there's so many songs that we haven't played live, uh, and I, you know, I've I, always... I think if you look at the last three sets of the three, last three tours we've done, and look at the the breadth of the songs. And how many songs there are played differently over three tours? I think compared to a lot of artists, tend to do the same things over, and I think you find a, a much wider spread of material, which I mm. think one of the things that fans love. They're not, not going to get run to the hills every time, you know. Yeah. Um, we're going to we're going to vary it and make it interesting. Well, just before we finish, I want to tell you a little quick story. Right? Go ahead. So. For many years, we played Hallowed, which is one of my favorite all-time songs. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. You've said it's your favorite Maiden right. song. And uh, there was many, many years ago, I think it was probably, I don't know what year it was when we didn't play it. We, it was on the set every, every tour for up until, what, 200, 2000, yeah, whenever it was, right? Uh, you you uh, aficionados out there, you, you can write us in on a postcard, when did we not play it the first time? And I said to Steve, I said, you know what? this out, there's... No, and I said, what, eh? There's what, mate? What do you mean, cut it out? 
Behave yourself. Here we go. Now, so, here we go. So, so anyway, I'm telling the story here. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, right. So I said to Harry, I said, uh, do, do you remember years ago I said to him, if we never play this song again, I'm leaving the band. And he said, oh, we should have done it sooner than later. <laughs> But anyway, um, and, and in closing, Ed, oh, all right, fantastic. 40 years for you. It's 40 years 40 for me. 40 years for me. You and me. 40, 40 so we're celebrating. On the radio, a, yeah. yeah, a wonderful anniversary this year, and I wish you all the very best. I with hope that, you mate. can make it to the event. I, I do know too. it's a, a bit far away, but uh, we're going to have f- yeah. some fun there. There's a lot of Thank, people you're yeah. going to know, and it should be great. So, Maybe we should go together. Yeah, you and Rod go together. You could share a room. <laughs> I'm not going to go away. I'm going to spend some time in England. Either that or we could share a closet, one of the two. Yeah. Hey, last thing, and I promise I'll let you go on this. I cannot let you go, and what you can say, and, and I know Rod's going to want to say what he's willing to say, but for the people listening, what can you tell them about what's next for Maiden? Nothing. 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 No, most of the band don't know it yet anyway, so I'm out. Do you I, I know, tell Rod, the do you know? I know exactly what we're doing. Don't you worry. What we're uh, doing, mate. And, and they're going to love it. <laughs> Nico wants to know. You won't tell Nico? He won't tell me anything. Listen, I asked him years ago. I said, A little know, knowledge is a dangerous thing. Absolutely. I said and to the, him. The walls have ears and a I lot said, of other cliches. I said to him, why didn't you let me know, you know, what's going on? He said, go on the website. That was it. <laughs> Do you remember that? You go on the website, ironmaiden.com if you've forgotten it. <laughs> When Nico announced our Brazilian tour months oh, no, before, he should go. have, and, uh, in a small gig in mid-America with about 200 people there, Rock he says, well, I'm looking party. forward to going to so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. That incident led to all of South America going, they're going to Curitiba. They're coming on tour. Yeah, I got into serious trouble for that, didn't I? And that's I? exactly why he's sitting here with you right now, to make sure you don't say something like that. We do, exactly. we do have fun. I, I only sit here with him with you, Eddie. Absolutely. Yeah, true. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Yeah, uh, God bless Rod everybody. Rod Nico McBrain. Best of health to you, most importantly, Thank you Nico. very much, Ed. And, uh, and uh, here's to the next 40 for you. Absolutely, Pounding mate. the skins in Iron Maiden. Absolutely. All right, thank you. Iron Maidens, Nico McBrain, and their manager, Rod Smallwood, from backstage at Power Trip. Here on Trunk Nation. Well, one day we will do the Nico McBrain, Rod Smallwood comedy hour. (laughs) Those two are just unbelievable together. And I appreciate them making the time. And always great to visit with Nico. And glad he is doing better with his health. Some serious stuff obviously went on there. But I can tell you, having seen the performance, uh, Nico sounded great and in fine form as he celebrates 40 years with Iron Maiden. Appreciate them both joining me for the Power Trip special. All right, as I mentioned, there were a number of artists that were hanging out backstage. Tom Morello was around. I saw him, but I couldn't couldn't wrangle him to talk, although we talked off the air for a bit. But uh, Morello's been on the show often, but he was running in a million directions. One of the guys I was able to run into and get on the air for a few minutes is an old friend, and that's Scotty Hill, lead guitarist for Skid Row. Scotty was there with his son Marshall, exposing his 12-year-old son to all that great music that was on offer at Power Trip. So I wrangled the two of them to sit down for with us for a few minutes with some thoughts about the bill, and here is Scotty Hill of Skid Row. Although this guy isn't playing at this event, it would be great if he was. He's here hanging out, and he's an old, old buddy of mine, uh, old Jersey bro. Scotty Hill from Skid Row is hey, in the house. Bud. Good to see you, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Man, I'll tell you, we just got done watching Iron Maiden. Yeah. Amazing. 
Can Amazing. You? I saw them. I mean, I saw them back at the Palladium on 14th Street when I was like. Me too. Number 15. of the Beast tour. Yeah. Was that when the rods open? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was there. And one of the devils fell off the riser The riser devil at the fell back. off. Somebody threw an M80 yeah. on stage. And Bruce and yelled at everyone. Came out and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was, it was just amazing. As, I'm, to I'm hear, so pumped up right now. To hear Bruce still sing that well. He sounds incredible. It's completely crazy. He sounds incredible. Yeah. Nice. And the band sounded great. And you know the thing about Maiden, and we were talking, to, I was talking to Nico earlier. They, so they roll into a festival like this, which obviously there's five other bands playing, so it's not just their audience, although they had a dominant crowd out there. But they don't, like, they didn't adapt and say, you know what, we're just going to play our hits. Mm -hmm. They played the set they want to play. Like, yeah. they played a lot of their new record. There's a theme to their tour, and they did not alter it. And, um, you know, to the casual fan, that might be irritating, but from an artistic standpoint, I think it's pretty... Pretty noble. They I, just don't know, cave to anyone. Never did. I don't did. even know if they have casual fans at this point. That's true, you know, too. They've been around so long. I mean, where I was sitting, people were on their feet singing the whole the whole show. But so, to not do Run to the Hills right. would yeah. be like you guys not doing 18 in Life. Right. Yeah. You oh, know, and the they way, didn't do it. Did I tell you about 18 in Life? <laughs> You're no, not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then also, like, okay, so you've been doing this. I mean, first Skid Row album, 89. You've been doing this a long time, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But that Maiden predates you, of course. Oh, yeah. I and mean, to see yeah. them up there still that good, that, that's got to be inspiring for you to know, hey, the road's still long for us, too. I looked at Dickinson up there, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I got to go to the gym, man. I got <laughs> I got to, like, get in shape. Look at this guy. He looks amazing, and he sounded great. Yeah, he and, really you know, did. There was just so much energy on stage. You know, everybody's still running around. They, they're, all, they're just great. Love now, it. now at the time we're talking, because of course, this this special that everybody's hearing is being recorded throughout three days. So timeline here is jumping mm -hmm. around, I'm sure. But the time we're talking, Maiden has played. We're on day one, and minutes away from Guns N' Roses playing. Who, of course, you guys in Skid Row have quite a bit of history with, right? Yeah, yeah, we've got history with Maiden too. I mean, we played Donington with them in uh, I think it was '92, uh, and we done shows in south america with them but at gnr of course we what was that 90 92 i think it was yeah uh we 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 were out with them for a couple of months yeah great great tour we did some shows in europe massive festivals yeah yeah that was great really fun very exciting because you know they were so huge and we were coming up i remember when we got word that we were doing that tour it was like wow for real yeah. they picked us amazing yeah I remember um, I was just talking to the I was just back in the Guns N' Roses compound I saw most of the guys and we were talking for a little bit I was sitting with Duff in his dressing room his trailer and I said this this trailer and this scene here backstage in 2023 is a hell of a lot different than it would have been back in oh, yeah. 1989 or oh, 90 yeah. right oh, and he's yeah. like ah, yeah a lot oh my god none of those guys would still be standing if they didn't no, change no I mean yeah that was uh you know, it was full on back in those days for everybody. Yeah. Especially yeah. Mr. McKagan. Yes. Yes. Who, who is just, he is he is the poster boy for how to live a healthy life and, and look great and accomplish great things. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. His, his, yeah, he, he is amazing how he's, the shape he's in and yeah. how good he still yeah. is. And, and you great. know, he, he, I remember seeing him not long after he got clean and he, and he had pulled it together really quick. Yeah. Lost a bunch of weight. He was on the mountain bike. And, yeah, yeah. And, yep. 
So tell us what's going on with Skid Row now. Of course, phenomenal album, The Gang's All Here, came out last year. Yes. And you guys have been hitting it hard on the road, yeah, yeah, including we, a, what I think is a great double bill with Buck Cherry. Oh, You've yeah. been out doing a bunch of shows with those guys. Those shows are going really well. Uh, it's, a, it's a good package. Uh, Buck Cherry and Skid Row together has been... You know, it's selling really well. The bands get along great. We all we've all known each other a long time. Um, so I just got home from the second leg of that. What, like a week ago maybe? So I, what I'm doing here, I have no idea. But no. <laughs> Actually, well, you're no, gonna see is, Guns and Roses. This is a family and... event. This is a family yeah, you've event. You've got you know? Marshall, your son with Marshall, you. Your wife Marshall, is say here. what's up. Hello. What's up, Marshall? Hello. Yeah, yeah. His voice is changing. Yeah, well, he's so, uh, growing. He just. Uh, Man, he just saw Iron Maiden for the first time, and he was like, I could see the grin on his face. He's like, oh. Marshall, how old is Marshall? How old are you, um, buddy? I am 12. 12? And as a 12-year-old, what was your thoughts of seeing Iron Maiden for the first time? What would you think? It was really cool. Yeah? Yeah. Dug it? Mm-hmm. The future. Yeah, yeah. He, he saw a bunch of Kiss shows this summer. Nice. We, toured, we did some shows with Kiss in, uh, in Europe, uh, as well as a bunch of festivals, but he got a... He got to, well, he's seen Kiss a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So just before we wrap up, as far as Skid Row is concerned, I know that there's a new video coming, right? Didn't you make a song yeah, for the video? Yeah, that's what I hear, you know. <laughs> Were but, you in it? Yeah, um, they we, put- did, we did a shoot for it like a <laughs> month ago, like a month and a half ago. Uh, we were, I, I don't even remember we, where we were. I think we were in Dallas, and uh, we spent the afternoon on a soundstage shooting some video. But it's For gonna, what song? Uh, what's Resurrected. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I should know this. But, you know, the funny thing is, is when I'm not with the band, I'm not with the band. You, you check know? out. Yeah, I check out completely. Just yeah. to kind of get away from it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I text with the guys, but it's got right. nothing to do with band stuff. Right. It's usually like, you know, memes and stuff like that. Because you need that separation, you need that time away. Yeah, it's I just, been I, a long time. I'm not, I'm not a music business guy, you know. I don't like... I live in Los Angeles, but I don't go to Hollywood, and, you know, I just, you know, you can see me walking Marshall to school in the morning, and I do that whole thing when I'm home. And you, you, uh, with our mutual buddy Keith Nelson, you go out there and survey the great pizza of Los Angeles. We, you know, I mean, you got to, if you come to Los Angeles and you need pizza, you got to find it. You really got to look for it. You can't just go to a sign that says pizza, like back home. Right, where where you and I are from, Jersey, the, east, yeah. the East Coast, New York, New Jersey. If it says pizza, you go in, you get great pizza. It's not like that in Los Angeles. So Keith and I decided that we were gonna, you know, we we're gonna start the pizza crawl, and we've done two of them so far, and and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a filling experience. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see the photos, I'm like, I got to jump in on this one. Oh yeah, you got to, you got to come guys. out, man. It's and, great. and we we cover some cover some ground man you yeah. know, we just hop in the car and just start driving yeah 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 um before i let you go uh anything coming up with skid row like playing shows through the end of the year we, next year setting up already yeah man we'll we will be uh we'll be doing another short leg with buck cherry at the end of november into the middle of december and then we will be doing uh the canadian leg of that tour in march uh so we're gonna do, i guess we're going to hit all the canadian markets uh as far as what else is happening next year i'm not sure I have, it, i'll have to look in the app and, 
<laughs> you actually have to look at the text that I'll, are coming I'll, in. I'll go on Instagram. <laughs> that's that's usually where I get my tour dates from. I'm like, oh, look, okay, we're playing this. We're playing. Uh, we're playing Sweden Rock. Awesome. And, and one other thing hit me. You know, when I I did that very first interview you guys ever did with Eric as your singer, Eric Gronwall, yeah. because it was the show the, when the first night opening for Scorpions yeah. in Vegas, yeah. when the Scorpions were doing that residency. And uh, he had been in the band like two days at that point or whatever. But I remember talking to Rachel that night and talking about the new record, and he goes, hey, it's crazy it's just coming out. He goes, because I got another record ready to go. Like, we're written ready to go. Oh, yeah. It's... So, so do you, have you guys thought about a follow-up already to Gangs All Here? Well, there will be one, certainly, but... Uh... As far as when it will happen, I, we got to figure out the touring schedule for next year. I know Nick is is ready. Nick Rasculenix, who produced your yeah, who produced brilliantly Gangs produced. He, li- he listens to the show, so we better make sure we oh, rave yeah. about. Yes, it. yes, <laughs> we'd we, be doing it anyway. We, but you know, I, you know, I've been making pedals lately, and he's like my test pedal testing guy. Oh, so, there you, you know, go. Get fuzz boxes and boost pedals and stuff like that. So, but uh, yeah, we will we'll be getting back in with him at some point, and. Uh, well, if it's anything like the last record, I certainly am looking forward to it because yeah. that was so much fun yeah, making yeah. that record. Yeah, and it felt—it really felt good. It felt yeah. like we were doing something special. Yeah, well, for sure. All right, well, enjoy the rest of Power Trip weekend. Will do. Have fun out there, buddy. It's always good to see you. Good to see you too, man. And uh, have fun with your family here and enjoy all the music. And we'll keep an eye out there for you on the road and whatever else you got cooking. And uh, thanks for the time. Right on, pal. Talk right. to you later, man. Bye. Well, big thanks to Scotty. Always great to have a chat with him. In my view, a super underrated guitarist from the 80s and still out there, still playing lead guitar, of course, in Skid Row, including on their new album, The Gang's All Here, and more dates coming up for Skid Row with Buck Cherry as well. Scotty was there with his family all weekend at Power Trip, enjoying all the music, and thanks to him for visiting with us for a few minutes. All right, another great interview that I had was with Duff McKagan. Duff was nice enough to give me some time before Guns N' Roses took the stage, went back in the Guns N' Roses artist compound. I did talk to Slash for a while off the air, although Slash wasn't doing interviews at the time. I also had a chance to talk to Richard Fortas of GNR for a while, again, off the air. But Duff was willing to sit down and hang and talk with me for a bit, and here's how that conversation went. All right, we are now in the Guns N' Roses compound here on day number one, night number one of Power Trip. Guns N' Roses closing the show tonight following Iron Maiden's performance. And I am in the uh, very luxurious and spacious, unbelievable rock star world of Duff McKagan in this Isn't trailer, it? man. You've got excess back here, dude. Don't I? Did you get the hookers and blow out of here before I came in, or what happened? I've got, well, look at it. I've got my uh, mandatory two black towels there, <laughs> some room temperature water, and some peanut butter. What, what's the one thing you need to, like, what's the one thing in this room that we're in right now before you go on stage that you insist on having? Like, what's the one mandatory yeah. Duff thing? Yeah, so I have a sugar-free Red Bull. And that's, that's it? That's my pre-gig. I don't drink them regular days. I drink them right 10 minutes before we go on. Okay, so that's the secret to the performance now. It's just a little lift. It's yeah. a little something. And even if it doesn't lift me anymore, it's kind of like that ritual of this cold. I mean, I, they're in the refrigerator, so I drink them ice cold. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It's just, it gets, I zone in with the Red Bull. 
compared to back in the day at Little Red Bull. That's that's the excess these days. That's it. That's pretty much Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> but that was a, man. That was a long time ago. Now yeah, you know yeah. when yeah. I was getting loaded and stuff. That was like people bring it up, and I'm like, yeah, but that was half my lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. And I'm well, 59. You know, but I right. really don't talk about. I don't think about it. Right. I'm kind of my mantra is like today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of. Um, battling depression and uh, and mental health. Yeah. Your record that's coming out, Lighthouse, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of started with that EP that you had done stuff where you did for mental health awareness, right? Well, I didn't do it for mental health awareness. I put the EP out to coincide with the month to bring uh, awareness to a song I wrote okay. in a panic attack and wrote myself, I wrote the, the song, took playing in my acoustic guitar and writing these lyrics took me out of a panic attack, and I discovered, as you see right there, I have an acoustic guitar with me at all times now. That's not a, uh, you know, that there's a reason there. You're always writing, I assume? I'm always writing, but if I, if I know if I get a panic attack, I can go to that. That and helps that, you? That'll get me through. Really? So, this is a song, uh, what's the name of the song? This is the song I wrote during a panic attack, took me out of a panic attack. And there was this fully realized song, and we recorded it. I have my own studio now in Seattle. A couple months before COVID hit, I just moved into the studio. I recorded like five or six songs there. Had to get down to L.A. to rehearse for, with guns for a South American tour. It's January 2020. It's February 2020, and we went and played our first gig, uh, Mexico City, and then it was we're, we were done. And so I just... Susan and the girls and I, we went back to Seattle, and I thought it'd be two weeks or four weeks or, you know, we all thought that. Eight weeks, maybe, outside. But I just finished those songs, and I had five more songs. And, and by the end of this, two months becoming six months, becoming a year, a year and a half, I had 60 songs. So Lighthouse, this first record, the EP was, was something to get this started, and it was Mental Health Awareness Month, yes, and this is a song... It's me raising my hand going, you're not alone. Yeah. Um, Lighthouse is the first in a group of records that I've written during this, that, that period. And now that I have my own studio, it's kind of dangerous because out here on the road, I've written, you know, 30 more songs. So there's 90, you know, so I need to get this stuff out. So you have like records done already for follow-ups or, or you have the songs written? Done. 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 So you could put out, like, Duff McKagan box set of all original material right I, absolutely. now? Really? Yeah, so yeah, how do you yeah. plan to roll that out? Because we're in such a world now where people spoon-feed one song, single, three songs, four songs, end of the album. You could literally drop records like you were dropping singles, it sounds like. I'm, I'm just going to pretend like it's still an album-orientated time. Because I and love I'm, that. I make records that have... A beginning and an end and a rise and a fall. And God a bless rise. you. you <laughs> Old know, school. That's the way to do it. Listen from side song one side A yep. all the way to the end because the song the, the record's going to serve you then. Um, yeah. So I have um, Lighthouse. I'm very proud of it. Um, uh, starts with the song Lighthouse, which is you know at the, its roots a love song to my wife. You know who you know <laughs> during COVID you'd hear about all these. Susan and I have been together through so much, 27 years now, right? And we've seen so much, we've been through so much, but during COVID, we'd hear about other couples, like 20 years marriage, divorce. Right. We're like, what the actual fuck? 
another one, 25 years of marriage, divorce. What? You know, it was happening everywhere. Like, we're cool. And I, I actually loved her more and more during COVID because she just, it's like we're OGs, you know? Nothing of. Very it, rare in the music world. Yeah. Especially, it's, right? It just comes right off our shoulders and we're in it together. And, we're, you know, uh, you know. I'd fight for her and she'd fight for me, you know, and yeah. that's, I, I know that. So Lighthouse, the song is really just this beacon of light that she has been in my life. And it's, it's also double meaning is, you know, a beacon of light, hope, goodness that we all strive for. And the, the last song, Just Don't Know, which Jerry Cantrell put the lead on and sang a background at the end, is this pondering of what's next, sort of. And in between is, is uh, you know, some rises and falls of of life. I'm told we got to wrap up here in okay. a minute because I know you got to go on stage. Two quick things. I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two quick things. Recently, your first solo album, Believe in Me, I know. turned 30. Yeah. You ever reflect on that record? Uh, not not really. There was a bunch of things about the 30-year. I mean, that's a great snapshot of my life then. It's a, like a Polaroid picture. Snarling. You could hear the drugs in my voice. I'm just screaming and I'm playing drums. I'm just pounding on the drums and everything I'm doing, I'm just pounding like aggressive. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't do that now, but I, I appreciate it. And um, I went for it back then. Can't say I didn't go for it. And yeah. I did. And uh, I went out and toured, toured with the Scorpions in Europe behind that record. And then, then my pancreas burst yeah. and that was all over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last thing before you go. So I was thinking about this. Here we are, Guns N' Roses, about to take the stage. I was at the very first arena show, T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, 2015. Yes, Here we are at the back end of 2023. I know there was a pause in there for COVID, but did you ever envision this thing going like it's been going and just keeps going for eight years outside of that pause in there? I mean, it's remarkable. Like and I, seemingly seamless, like without, no. no one could have bet on that. On that, Yeah, like if you would have asked me then, you know, I really do this, Eddie. I'm not kidding. Like my mantra is today is, is the day. And I have to do that. I, it's what keeps me sane. And I do everything I could do today. You know, tell you, Eddie, I appreciate you. You know, I tell people I love them. I, I do that because I do appreciate you. Thank um, you. If you were to ask me then, it's, what's going to happen in seven years? I said, I don't know. But I'm going to get through today. And that's, that's what I do. And this, this band um, is kicking ass. Axel's a fucking master. He's a master. You guys, I mean, I see him sing every night. Three hours. Three hours. hours. Yeah. And what he does, I've learned so much from, from his singing. And, and Slash is a fucking master. And the band is slamming. And, and uh, so it's really fulfilling to be in that band, you know, and um, to be a part of it. It's great. And, um, we play long, we go long tours. We play long shows. We're uh, we're getting near the end, but uh, you know, uh, tonight power trip's going to be wild. And last last thing, in this eight years since you've been doing Guns again, do you have one highlight, any moment, a show, a moment? So, you know, I was talking to Slash. He was telling me a couple weeks ago that this la latest leg of this tour has been his favorite yet, hasn't it? That's what he said. But Me for too. you, is there is there a moment or a, something it, since you've been doing this that jumps out at you? So I've, many, but this tour has been spectacular. We played the um, 
the uh, Circus Maximus, Circo Maximo in Rome. Uh, and that's where uh, Ben-Hur did his thing 2,500 years ago. Oh, wow. We played that, that place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was radical. Awesome. Well, listen, I'll let you go. I know you okay. got to get on stage. Thank you so much for the time. Okay. Always appreciate you making the time. Have a great show. Yeah. And uh, keep kicking ass, man. All right. And check out Lighthouse, everybody. It's yeah. out on October 20th. Yes, thanks. Well, it was great to visit with Duff McKagan. His new album, Lighthouse, coming out, uh, maybe out at the time you're hearing this, as a matter of fact. And uh, just incredible, you know, incredible story Duff is from how it started to where it went to where he's at now. Incredibly healthy, incredibly vibrant, creative, playing great, and of course making music with his own band as a solo artist and really a big part of the return of GNR for the last eight years. So big thanks to Duff McKagan. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. And again, check out his new album, Lighthouse, which is, if not out now, coming out very soon, depending upon the time that you hear this. Addie. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill? For me? That's right. The Little Pink Pill. And it's called Addy. A-D-D-Y-I. Or Flavanserin. Learn more about The Little Pink Pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at Addy.com slash P-I. Or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved Little Pink Pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Next up, as far as artists are concerned, I went back into the Judas Priest artist compound. It was great to see everybody, and I had a chance to sit down and chat with Richie Faulkner and Ian Hill of Judas Priest. Let's bring you that conversation right now. It is so great to see my old buds here at Power Trip, a late addition to the festival. Richie Faulkner in the house. Richie, good to see you. Good to see you, Ed. And uh, Ian Hill. Ian, well, how good. are you, man? I'm about as 
this man's just told me that I'm looking good, so I'm feeling even better. You look great. <laughs> you look fantastic. You look fantastic. Thanks, so, so as I mentioned, um, <laughs> you were uh, late additions onto Power Trip, coming in to uh, replace the slot that Ozzy was scheduled to do. Uh, Ian, starting with you, how'd you first get the news about this? And were you kind of on standby anyway? Because we know Ozzy's had some issues. Where he, Did you always know this might happen, or did it just come out of the blue? No, I, I wasn't aware that the festival was going on at all. You know, it was a downtime, so I'm, you know, being family man. And the first time I knew, the first thing I knew was uh, Jane just sent everybody an email, so we've had a, a an offer of this festival um, to, to replace Ozzy. He couldn't, he couldn't do it for, you know, uh, well-known reasons. And um, said, what do you think? Shall we do it? And how long do you think it took to, for me to say uh, yes? <laughs> <laughs> Judging it's by the, sort the of thing bill, you, you go, you've got to be on the bill like this, haven't you? You know, it's just a, it's going to be a brilliant, uh, a brilliant night. You know, looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, Richie, you and I spoke not too long ago, and you were kind of in family mode, and uh, you know, doing some stuff with your other band and all of that. So when this offer came out, I imagine you were quite excited to to fire up Priest again and, and be a part of this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when Oz got announced for this. It was quite surprising, but you were gunning for him. You know, it was like, obviously, we we had to cancel the earlier tour with Priest and Oz uh, earlier on in the year. Right. And then he, he was on this, and it's, you know, you, you're you rooting for him. You know, you want him to do it, and then, unfortunately, he couldn't do it as well. And as Ian said, when the call came in that we're potentially being put forward for it, it's like, well, you know, and again, as Ian said, the Bill Metallica tour maiden and priest yeah. on the same bill not the same night unfortunately well that the was the bill. one so yeah. when you guys were, i'm sure you picked up on this because when you were announced as the addition i got so many people calling my radio show and saying hey can they shuffle the lineup so that it's priest maiden on the same yeah, day and so i said that might be logistically a little challenging but you know that ian you know that got the gears turning with the fans right yeah absolutely yeah well, i'm not surprised at all you know it would have been a great uh, a great bill that you know missed him by about 24 hours exactly richie yeah. just just right there you know yeah. uh but of course we're doing this on day number two uh maiden already played as did guns and roses and tonight uh we have of course uh judas priest playing and then the return of acdc who nobody has seen in about uh six seven years so uh, there's a lot of anticipation about that as well. Ian, do you have a lot of history with the ACDC guys? We do. We, we, we toured with them way back in 1980, I believe it was. Um, I think it was Bond's last tour. Um, and we, we had a blast with them, you know. I mean, we were all young in those days, you know. So you finish the show and straight to the club. <laughs> you know, so there's lots of, lots of history there between us, you know. Uh, we, got, we got on really well with the guys and uh, they treated us well as well, you know. So, uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice to see them again, if we get to see them, that is. But uh, it will be nice to see them if we do. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Richie. Do you get to hang out and watch anything, or do you kind of have to get in and out? I've never seen ACDC, so I've made a point today to stay behind and watch ACDC. I know the first few songs. I'm not going to say what they are, because I don't know if I'm allowed to say. But uh, it's going to be an exciting opening to the show. Well, you can, because what we're doing now is not live and will air long after they play. So I was, I was so you can talk about that. how great it was and you haven't even seen them yet. Well, <laughs> I've forgotten what the songs were. I was hoping you wouldn't say something like that. <laughs> someone told me what the songs were and it was really exciting. Unfortunately, I've forgotten what they were. Uh, but um, I'm sticking around. I'm going to see the band. And, um, you know, it's a band that I've never seen. And uh, it's a bit of a shameful thing that I've never seen ACDC. It's one of the things where... Timing hasn't been on my side, you know. Yeah. Um, but tonight, the, the planets aligned, and I get to see them and play on the same stage as them. So uh, it's an honor, really. 
Yeah. Now, this isn't exactly last minute because people knew that Priest was coming on this for at least a month, I think, since, you know, Ozzy was out. But for you guys as a band who aren't on a touring cycle right now, how difficult is it to fire up the whole system, Ian, in order to do a one-off show like this? It, it should have been more difficult than it was, to be honest. I mean, we've got a great crew, but obviously when when we're not working, you know, they, they go and work with other bands. And we've got everybody, I think, haven't we? Yeah. Every single one of them has dropped what they were doing and they, they, they counted a one-off show, which is week's work, basically, you know. Uh, so we, we're lucky in, in that that respect, you know, so to have um, such a good crew. Um, so it, it wasn't as difficult as it could have been, um, getting the, you know, shipping gear over and that. We had plenty of time to do that. So, uh, you know, there wasn't much of an issue there either, you know, and um, seemed to have got hotels okay, flights, you know. So every, everything so far is running suspiciously smoothly. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to shut up right now before something goes wrong. <laughs> Luckily, we haven't got anywhere for the gear to go after. Usually that's what the, you know, what obviously the we have to coordinate all that as well. But it's just got to go home. It can take three or four months to get home. So all we had to do was get it here, and then it falls on us to brush the cobwebs off of our fingers and, you know, get the plane side of things together. And then it can take, yeah, exactly, yes. Uh, and then, you know, we don't have to arrange anywhere for the gear to be after this apart from ship it home. So that was an easy part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. So as I mentioned, this is, uh, since we're recording this, at the time everybody hears it, they will have already heard about your performance and how stellar I'm sure it will be. But tell us about the set list that uh, you're going to play while we're doing this in real time, but you have played for the people listening. Uh, did you did you put together anything specific with this festival in mind, or is it basically the set list you did the last show you did? How did you approach it's, that? It's very similar to the last show. Um, with, with, with a gig like this one, you, you can't throw many curveballs. There's no real point, you know. Um, the, the album was a couple of years ago now, you know, so... Um, it's not as if you've got any new product to flog just yet. So we just put in, a, you know, many of the fans' favourites as, as we can and um, and put a few of our favourites in as well. I think that, that was the basic uh, the basic plan. And, we know uh, you'd, you'd have us throwing a few deep cuts, Eddie. You know, if it was down to you, I mean, there'd definitely be a few more deep cuts in there. But, you know, the, for, for the average metal fan out there, they might not be specifically Priest fans. Of course. So we wanted to... Wanted to cater to everyone or as many people as we can out there. So, but it's a, it's an exciting set and kind of continuing the celebration really of uh, Priest over the last fifty years. So we're not hearing the rage. Is that what I'm taking from this? No, no, the rage. <laughs> no. <laughs> but as uh, well, that's that you have an embarrassment of riches. There's too many great songs. I know you got to get ready to do your set, so I won't keep you much longer. But um, give us the update on what's coming up with Priest after this. Ian, a uh, new record coming. Richie and I spoke not too long ago. I know it was in the works. That's right. It's, it's, I think it is complete now, isn't it? Apart from one cut maybe this they're doing another cut oh there's Andy doing a cut when we get back I think I think it is pretty right is this, um, is this going out after the yes okay so yeah. obviously there was an announcement tonight about the uh, the release date of the record and yep. the, the name of the record um, so we're going to gear we're gearing up towards that release date now so obviously there'll be a campaign with releases and new singles and stuff like that yeah. So yeah, and then uh, we start the machine again, and it will be a tour around that album. So it's an exciting time. Uh, we're still putting out new music, uh, and, and still touring new music. You know, so it's it's a band that's, I think, it's still potent uh, in twenty twenty three, twenty four, and still releasing new music. So uh, watch this space. 
Yeah, fantastic. Okay, final thing, and I promise you mentioned about songs that are favorites of yours, like, in other words, that might be in the set. So starting with you, Ian, give me two or three that you're going to play tonight that you're most looking forward to digging into and that you most enjoy playing tonight. Um, Sentinel. So that's always been a favorite of mine. That's going in. Um, oh, Electric Eye as well. And, uh, oh, it's difficult to think of another one, isn't it? Richie, you got a couple? <clears throat> I've got a couple. I'll say Desert Plains, especially in this sort of environment. Desert. Desert Plains lends itself nicely to it. There's something about the vibe of outdoor festivals like this. It goes down a tree. It feels right. You know, you're in the right sure. place as well for Desert Plains. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're not very far from where you played 40 years ago with the Us Festival. Of course, Ian. yes. That's oh, a stone's yeah, that was... throw from some of the people. Is that some really? of the people here were telling me that that's very logistically not that far from here. What do you know? And I met some people yesterday, and like we saw a priest in '83 at the US Festival 40 Jeez. years ago. Oh, you know, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. yeah, that that was a, that was an epic. That one, <laughs> oh. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm sure uh, tonight will be epic as well. I appreciate a few minutes before you play, and thanks for joining me. Can't wait for the new record. Thank you so much. Eddie, pleasure, mate. Anytime. Thank you. Good to Is see it? you. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Mate. Well, it was great to visit with Richie and Ian, as you just heard. However, when we wrapped up the interview, Richie Faulkner told me that in hours, Judas Priest would be announcing a new album. And I told Richie and Ian that what we were doing was being recorded. And by the time this aired, the details of the new album would be public. So why not talk about it? So here's that section added on of Richie and Ian commenting about the just announced new Judas Priest album. So certainly big news today for Judas Priest here at Power Trip because they announced details on the coming new record. Richie, you and I spoke not too long ago. You were telling me it was close to completion at that time. But fill the audience in who hasn't heard all the information about the record. Well, yeah, we've reached that point where we can de declare to the world that the record's finished. We've got a release date, we've got a name, we've got the album artwork which we unveiled tonight. It's called Invincible Shield and it will be uh, released on March the 8th, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 2024. So uh, yeah, keep checking the socials, check judaspriest.com uh, and any news obviously you'll hear through you guys and through the socials as normal. And uh, yeah, watch this space, Invincible Shield. Can't wait. It's going to be, the last couple records were just phenomenal, so I'm sure high bar to beat firepower and that stuff, but it's, <laughs> we can't wait to hear it. I'm sure you guys have uh, done a killer job. Thanks, Great guys. that you're making still killer new music, so psyched for that. Oh, cheers, Eddie. Thank you, guys. All right, so we now know that Invincible Shield from Judas Priest is out with a single actually out as well, and I was glad to get those guys to tack that on. Judas Priest actually announced their new album at Power Trip. They actually put it up on the video screens just before they started playing. So they literally made that announcement minute to the public, minutes after what you just heard was recorded. Also, a quick note on Priest that I want to add in. I had a chance to speak backstage right after you heard that interview with Glenn Tipton. As you've heard by now, Glenn Tipton did come out and play with Priest the last few songs of their set. I had not seen Glenn in a long time. As many know, I have a huge history with the Priest guys, 
and it was phenomenal to see Glenn. I was so glad he, that he was there. I was so glad I had a chance to talk to him for a bit. We had a really nice emotional moment. And, um, you know, he is battling Parkinson's very bravely, very admirably. And it was wonderful. He was up there on stage with Priest. And Richie Faulkner did confirm, as did Glenn, that he also played a role in the new upcoming record as well. Wishing Glenn Tipton nothing but the best. Truly one of my highlights of Power Trip was getting a few minutes with him just to say hello and reconnect and talk after that interview. And uh, again, I thank him very much for just giving me some time and chatting for a bit, even though it was off air, meant a lot to me. And uh, same with Richie and Ian. I appreciate them making the time before they played. Of course, Priest, a late add-on to Power Trip, but they turned in a fantastic performance. All right, as I mentioned, one of the really cool things about Power Trip was seeing all the other artists that weren't playing that were just there hanging out. And one of them was the lead singer from a band that's turned in some of my favorite shows I've seen in the last couple of years. That's the Black Crows and the great Chris Robinson. Chris was there with his wife the entire weekend. And when I tell you Chris Robinson was there enjoying the music, he was full on into it. He was in the pit, in the, in the audience. He was watching all the bands. He was taking it all in. So I had to wrangle Chris to sit down with us for a few minutes and talk about the Black Crows and talk about their unfortunately postponed tour with Aerosmith and talk about metal and Power Trip in general. So here is Chris Robinson from Power Trip on Trunk Nation. All right, so I'm outside in front of the stage watching uh, Judas Priest here at Power Trip, and I look to my left, and who's rocking hard to Priest, earning all the metal cred in the world? <laughs> One of my favorite people, one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite singers, Chris Robinson of the Black Crows is in the house at Power Trip. I know, whoever would have thought out of all the things that we would meet at the pit at Judas Priest in the year 2023. You know, I know I'm sure you remember this, but um, our mutual friend, the late Neil Casal, used to tell me Chris, Chris and I used to, I used to tell Chris I knew you when we were into metal and he's like and watch the TV, watch your old TV show and everything like that and I go, nah. And then remember, we saw, we met all of us in yeah, the yeah. lobby at Sirius. And you were like, dude, I'm, you know. So you you love this kind of music, right? Well, it's funny. Like, I, I, I we grew up on the, you know, I'm 57 years old in December. So my, the early 80s music scene, you know, we were punk kids. And, like, when a little bit in the hardcore scene. So I can remember, like, this kid, like, it moved to our neighborhood. And he had, like, a... DRI record and or like a MDC record or something and Black Flag record, but then he had like the first Motley Crue record and we were like, oh, I don't know if we can hang out with him, you know. It was rules then about if you were punk, you didn't listen to metal. If you were metal, you didn't listen to punk. Right. But to me, the coolest part and for young people and the way it is now is that those rules don't exist anymore. True. And my wife Camille is a punk rock. Uh woman in the world but she also just like metal and heavy music in general so as the years you know i always had a soft spot for priest i always thought they were rad you know what i mean and i always liked hard rock bands that were met that later would be metal but hard rock bands that were kind of like whether it's thin lizzy or even judas priest in a way bands black sabbath especially bands that were hippie bands 
that went harder later in the 70s. So they started in like the late 60s, early 70s. And then, you know, there's like this weird hippie sort of aspect of some of the grooves or I don't know, or whatever they do. But I didn't grow up a metal dude, but as the years have gone by, I, I've I found myself loving it much more. What band would you say that you most came on to in the heavy rock world later? Like, like what, what band did you kind of dismiss maybe early on or not really into that now you're, you're really into? Oh, funny. That's a good question. That uh, you may be like a little late to the party, but like, man, how did I, I miss out on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I don't know. I mean, you know, Iron Maiden's a little bit that way. Like, I would just know things, but now when I hear them and stuff, I'm like, or if someone plays it, I'm like, oh, that's rad. You know what I mean? And to me, they're like the Grateful Dead of like heavy metal in a way. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> you know, following yeah they like play anything. hardcore people are on board with anything they play in their catalog when they played here yesterday they played a bunch from their new record they're like one of the few bands that they can get away with that in a and festival. they can make a new record which is rad yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's cool too because i being a, you know like i've i've totally i never got to see guns and roses so i saw them last night and i th it thought slash was ripping i had so much fun the show was so cool and but you know Guns N' Roses are like a rock and roll band totally. to me. Yeah, yeah. And then so I was like standing in front of Judas Priest. I'm like, oh man, now we're like this is metal. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? And it was like super loud. And I was like, holy shit, this is rad. You know what I mean? Like so, I don't know. You know, I mean, life is funny that way. I I like that the rules are stripped away. And you know what it is at the end of the day. A great song is a great song. Absolutely. And and it can be any genre of music. And I feel that way about so much stuff. And I've been buying records since I was 12 years old. And I love lots of weird stuff and maybe, you know, things people wouldn't think. But, yeah, but to me, like, I was, like, so happy that I got to stand out there and see Judas Priest today. Like, I never did any shit like that. I mean, then there was the thing as well, besides what music you listen to, then you were in the Black Crows. And, I mean, I played Monsters of Rock, you know, with Motley and Metallica and ACTC and oh, Queensryche. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were the first ones on, and we were definitely the turd in the punch bowl at those parties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember we played in... Uh, at the airfield outside of Paris. And this is when the Black Album just came out. But it's ACDC, Metallica, Motley Crue, like I said, Queensryche. And then we go on stage and we, we're up there doing our like Stonesy thing and our, you know, the thing we're doing. And the people are hating us. And it looked <laughs> like Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, that movie, The Birds. There's so much shit flying through the air. And luckily, people in Europe don't do a lot of sports where they throw the ball. So they don't really have it's not like anyone has a good arm on them. So we <laughs> felt pretty safe, like with a shoe <laughs> flopping by or a bottle or whatever. But it is after three songs, I went, hey, you know, you guys better save some shit to throw. Queen's Rock's coming on after us. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. you guys are going to waste all your ammo. Yeah, Did you ever the, get the piss in the bottles thrown at you over there? Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, when we did Castle Donington, you could see them. But I think by then, they put the stage further back. Yeah. And I remember when we played, we opened Castle Donington that year. And no one wrote about the, our sound or our the way we played. They were just couldn't believe that we played James Brown's Sex Machine as our intro music. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's all they wrote about. Like, what? who does that at Donington? And I was like, I mean, by like the way, do it. we were never invited back. But. <laughs> all right. I, I know ACD. So the time we're doing this, half this event is over. ACDC, are, we're, we're, uh, we're in the middle of uh, day two. So ACDC about to make their very, very highly anticipated return to playing live. First time in like six, seven years. But before we get to that, and I let you go so we can all watch ACDC, give us a quick update on the Black Crows because, of course, you were supposed to be out with Aerosmith. We all know Steven has had to take some time we, off. We, had, we were so bummed, and we want Steven to feel better, and the Indeed. shows were going so well, and we were so happy. You know, it's, you know, to be involved, we were happy. We're huge Aerosmith fans. And it's nice to go, not just be an opening band, you know, like we would go out and there's, oh, it's full. Like, and you were doing an hour, right? Yeah, and we were rock, getting up there and we had full, you know, we, we were doing our thing and it was a great night. And then boom. So we only, you know, we only want st everything to be, you know, and I, you know, for the fan, you know, I'm an Aerosmith fan, so I know how it feels sitting there, you know, like. Seasons of weather, man. You know what I mean? I'm like losing no more, my no mind, more, you know, that, yeah. like all of it. So, uh, you know, that's really the ball's out of our hands. So we're just hoping for the best. And, you know, we're putting the finishing touches on some new music and want to get that going. And it, But, you know, what's the best thing about the Black Crows is we're very, we're working and we're in a good place. So, it's, you know what I mean? Like we can improvise in a way and, and we're, vibe we're, is good i mean i've seen our you guys amazing i've seen you guys a lot in the last couple of years some of my favorite shows i've seen in the last couple of years it's been a great and two years three and years you and now. your brother everything feels really we're really, really in a good. good place we've yeah. you know we made a few changes with the band at keyboards and guitars and uh we just feel great about it and we just changed drummers too for the for this last tour that we thought was going to be going on right now but it's fantastic. Yeah, I wasn't even supposed to be here. We've uh, been on the road. With yeah, and, and so we're home. And then you know, Camille and I were like, "Oh, let's go check it out." You know, we there'd be something that I've never get to do. And of course, we have a long history with ACDC and friends with Brian and Malcolm and Angus. Were have always been so supportive of the Black Crows, and they were the reason we were on uh, Monsters of Rock that, oh, is that year. Right? Yeah, they were like they. It's not just because we're brothers, but, uh, you know, they like rock and roll, like the real rock and roll. And um, so they've included us in their in their touring world a few times over the years. So to be here to support them and I'm a mass, you know, we grew up Aerosmith, ACDC kids in like the late 70s and growing up in Atlanta and stuff before we drifted off into weirdo stuff. And... Uh, so there's still Loom Large. The legend looms large and something that inspires us. And we love those records and we love them. And we just want it to be to be great tonight. Are you going to do Black Crow shows like now that the Aerosmith thing's on hold? Are you going to go do some of your headline shows or are you guys I just going to lay low? You know low? what? You, uh, I don't know how. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of the fall. So, I, yeah, we I think we, we have a plan, you know, putting in. We're trying, like I said, we want to finish up this new music and see what the schedule looks like and um, typical with us new writing songs puts Rich and I in a place to write some more songs and that kind of stuff is going and 
Yeah, it's a bummer, but everything's cool with us. You know, we're Good. just super happy and uh, we're like I told you before, we're just like really focused and in love with rock and roll music. And it shows. It shows. It's so real. It's so great. And I look forward to seeing you guys every time I get the chance to do so. It's good to, so good to have you back. I'll let you go on this. Since we're at a heavy festival, a heavy music, and we talked about metal, what, in your opinion, is the heaviest Black Crow song? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe we have a song. We used to do it with Jimmy, Jimmy Page when we played together. Like a song, like, there's a song called Horsehead. I was going to say that from By Your I'm Side. By Your Side. That's that a pretty heavy, heavy riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I a, think No Speak No Slave is pretty good. No Speak No Slave too. is pretty good. It's pretty Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's a heavy song. riff. Heavy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have, you there's know. There's some heaviness in the Black Crows. Even stop dragging my heart around and all that. Yeah, stop yeah. Stop kicking my heart it, around. It rocks. It yeah. Rocks. You, know, it was, um, you know, we we went off into so much different stuff and almost Americana, jam band, you know, we did all sorts of different kinds of music over the years. And like I told you, being back together these last three years, it's been really, uh, I don't know, it just makes everything flow to be like, we don't, we're finally in a place, like I said, where we can celebrate all the shit we love. And you know, like, there's Aerosmith and ACDC in there, but there's X and the Gun Club in there. And then there's Parliament Funkadelic and Sly and the Family Stone in there. And there's also Bob Dylan, whatever. You know what I mean? There's all sorts of weird stuff that that is in our sound. But I think for the first time, Rich and I are are completely on, like, this is what we want to do. These riffs and the, you know what I mean? Like, and the lyrics and the vocals and the grooves. And that's what we do. And if people haven't checked out the latest Black Crows album, it's an EP called 1971 of cover tunes. 72. 72. Of, co of, of five or six covers Songs that came out in 72, 72 that they do covers of that is just sounds so good and is just so, so killer. So that's the latest until we get this new record. Until which... we get the Black Crows 1983. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much for making some time, Thanks, man. Daddy. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thank you I'm so much. Chris Robinson. Super stoked to be at Power Trail. Yeah, and uh, Chris, and trust me, Chris is not just, like, he ain't just hanging out in dressing rooms or whatever. He was in the pit with me watching Judas Priest for That's real. Right, so his metal cred is legit. I just, I, I, I popped my metal chair. Big tonight. time, big time. <laughs> All right, uh, we are uh, hanging at Power Trip. Much more to come. Stick around. Oh, so great to talk with Chris. We had a great weekend. We hung out pretty much all three days, spent a lot of time talking music off the air, as well as you, what you just heard on the air as well. Hoping that Chris and the Black Crows will be back out there soon. They do have a new record coming, and Chris is pretty confident that they will resume dates with Aerosmith next year once that tour starts up again. They only got three shows in. He was telling me it was a big tease because they love being with Aerosmith so much. But uh, everyone wishing Steven Tyler a quick recovery. Hopefully Aerosmith getting back out on the road soon. And the Black Crows will be back with them when that all works out. Okay, final interview for you here on the Trunk Nation Power Trip special. And it's with our old buddy Lars Ulrich, another frequent guest from the show. Lars called in during one of our top 20s once, one of our throwdowns. Uh, just, you know, what can you say about Lars? One of my favorites and obviously always making time for us, which I greatly appreciate. So Lars was willing to sit down with me. Uh, this took place the day Metallica played 
on Sunday, a few hours before they closed out Power Trip. Here's that conversation. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm melting. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that's uh, that's been you know the uh, the the story of the weekend. But obviously the energy here is great, uh, the vibe is great. Uh, like I just said to you, we were the first ones in Friday afternoon, and we'll be the last ones out. Uh, you know tonight or tomorrow. Uh, it's been great. Uh, the weekend's. Fa- I mean, this is like I was standing in I was standing in the pit. Sorry if I'm all over the place, but I'm so. I'm, three cups of tea into my afternoon and I'm fired up and um, was standing in the pit last night watching ACDC and I was so just caught up in the energy of ACDC and just being part of this incredible event and I actually had forgotten that we were playing. (laughs) I was like, You actually have something to do yourself. And shit, uh, it's like, oh shit, we got to play tomorrow. Uh, And uh, so it's just as a fan of all these incredible bands uh, and and being here the whole weekend and and being able to, uh, you know, just be part of this historic event um, has been so cool. And then we also get to play. So it's just, uh, it's just incredible. That was the first, when I saw the ad come out for Power Trip and and you and I are cut from the same cloth as far as the music we love, I looked at it and I was like, that's not real. That's got to be Photoshop. <laughs> like, that's not happening. Like, those oh, six bands and three nights oh, and ACDC coming oh, back? I like, are you kidding? What yeah. were your thoughts on ACDC? Because obviously they haven't played in seven years. I, I was, I was blown it, away. It was, uh, I, the word triumph is kind of the one that came to mind. Um, there was just a triumph. Uh, you know, seven years. Uh, I saw them here. Uh, I think they played here in fifteen. Coachella, right? Yeah. Uh, so what, a couple of eight years ago, and um, I saw them in San Francisco later that year. Um, and obviously, as a lifelong fan, I mean, I saw ACDC back in Denmark uh, opening for Black Sabbath in seventy six or seventy seven, and then they came back on the Let There Be Rock tour and played a fifteen hundred seat venue with no support act and basically played like all of let there be rock. And it was literally fucking mind blowing. And then I saw them along the way when I came to America, obviously uh, on and off. And we played with them for a whole tour on the black album in 80 in 91. But as a, as a lifelong fan, uh, I actually got a little misty eyed a couple times times uh, when Angus was kind of going out and you could hear the, you know, it, it felt like um, it felt like you know when he walked out and played his solos on the ramp. And so it felt like people were sort of holding him up and really just loving him, appreciating him. And there was a unity. I'm actually getting busy as we're talking about. There was a, a unity, and and it's that unity that you and I have talked about, and that thing about uh, when this community comes together around you know, uh, what we all share, uh, that it was just such a beautiful moment. Um, they were, um, it was just such a triumph. And Brian, who looked like, it didn't feel like there was anybody anywhere in Southern California that was having a better time than Brian. And um, 76 so was, years old. Uh, man. He just, just turned. Like that shitty, For him to do that yeah, two hours on yeah, that stage, that that's amazing. Yeah, but that grin he had on his face. Yeah. Uh, and he looked just, it, it was so great. What a, a wonderful moment. Yeah. It was Let crazy. me ask you this. Metallica's obviously played a million festivals all over the world. 
When you come into a festival like this, now you're closing Power Trip. You're the last band everybody's going to see of a long, hot weekend, six bands, you're closing it. Is there a deep down inside, and I know you, is there a, is there a little bit of a competitive thing? Like, not that you're looking to blow anybody off, but it's like, we're going to leave that final stamp on Power yeah, Trip. You put uh, any thought into that? Do you put, I mean, maybe. When you build a set list, that's the other thing about this, because this, the tour you've been on, it's been... It's been uh, no repeats, two nights in all the cities, here one night. So tell me about that going in, too. Yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate you asking. I, not maybe 20 years ago, there was a, a different kind of mentality. Now it's just, it's it's like being around for the whole weekend and seeing, you know, Halford last night, seeing Steve Harris, seeing Adrian Smith, talking to... You know, everybody, the priest guys saying hello to Tipton, which was an emotional yeah, moment. Um, yeah. You know, all of it, uh, seeing the boys in guns um, uh, on Friday, who were also incredible. And, and you know, it's been, um, you know, as a as a fan of this genre, as a champion of this genre of music, um, I'm just, I'm such a, I'm so, uh, you know, just happy that, that it's happening and that we can be a, some part of it, you know what I mean? So there's no, eh, now we're going to go out and show them. I mean, there's there's none of that. Uh, as far as the set list is concerned, um, uh, yeah, it's been a little, I mean, we played doubles the whole year. So this is the first single show I think we're playing. I hope I have that right. This is the first single show we're playing this year. Yes, it is. Um, and um, so it's it's uh, a little bit sort of, you know, I'm trying to keep it within um, kind of uh, a little bit of the same structure of, of, of the flow as uh, the word I've used. So it's a little bit like, well, do we open with that song or that song? Do we play that song? You know, because it's, you know, when you're playing these doubles, there's a little bit of a of a kind of flow once you've played, what do we play, 20 shows on that tour. Um, but I think we've got a good balance. Uh, you know, obviously we're, playing a couple new songs you know it, it's i think it covers most of what we've done i don't know that for a fact uh but i think it's uh it's a hopefully a good balance uh and obviously um the passion that runs through our fans um and everybody's got a suggestion and everybody's going well, what about that song and what about that i i do the best i can with these set lists um but obviously when you we've been playing We've been rotating maybe 40 songs this year through through the tour since April and um, and so I, th I think we've got a good a good set list for tonight. It, it sort of covers all the different uh, albums, most of them at least and I think it's a good balance. I wanted to ask you about that because I think it's incredibly cool what you guys have done with this tour, the tour, not tonight, but the tour, two shows. Same city, not repeating a song, not repeating an opening act. There's so many people that call my radio show and they're so upset with bands because they play the same set every time they tour. You do the opposite of that. That takes a lot of work, takes a lot of rehearsal, takes a lot of effort. So so how has that paid off for you? Like now that you've been doing it, how's the whole experience touring like that been? And do you plan to continue? I know next year you're doing it, but yeah, do you want to keep doing that? It's 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 really, really fun. Uh, and it seems like it's connecting uh, with the fans uh, out there. Um, honestly, and, and I think I've circled this a couple times, it took a little while for the whole thing to settle, you know, because you're kind of, okay, what are we doing? And, and, you know, these ideas, like I've also said before, they 
you know, some of these ideas, they seem good in theory <laughs> or in an email chain <laughs> or uh, whenever you're sitting talking about, yeah, let it, let, next year, let's do this, let's do that. And then it's like, holy shit, we're actually doing it. And then it's like, and then you got to get that together and then you got to get used to the new stage and then you got to get used to a whole new slew of things. And But it really felt like by the time we got to America, uh, what, late July, early August out at uh, MetLife, um, uh, it really felt like we were kind of finding the groove of it. Um, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So we're doing the whole thing again next year and we're looking to see what's on the other side of that. Uh, but it's a fun format. It's a fun stage. Um, as you know, we've played in the round for many years, but we've never played in the round in like the football stadiums. And that's fun as fuck. Uh, to really feel like you know, the main thing when you're playing in the round is just you feel like you're closer to a bigger part of the fans. And um, and so when you're in the middle, it, it just feels it. I know the word intimate is maybe not the first word that comes to mind when, 70, you're, playing, people. when you're playing at MetLife or <laughs> right. SoFi or these places, but it feels like uh, it's as intimate as, as it can get in those types of situations. And um, when you have as many of the fans and, and um, you know, as close uh, as they are, it, it really feels like you're just connecting with, with more with more people and more fans and it's uh to to play it's more fun uh, you know it's it's definitely something that we're loving and um next year should be great we're doing another you know another run of shows in america uh what seattle what are we doing um chicago, chicago uh, minneapolis. minneapolis and doing uh you know madrid and uh, uh <laughs> what are we doing uh, what are I know this Warsaw and uh, Copenhagen and Helsinki and a bunch of great places next year, Munich and so we're we're looking forward to doing the, the whole thing over again next year. And the new material, the seventy-two season stuff. How's it been to play? How's the audience reaction been to it? And you've been mixing stuff up from that too, right? Different tracks from that. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're about eight of the songs in. Uh, it's settled well. Uh, these songs are fun as fuck, also to play. Uh, they're certainly right in the current uh, mindset, current wheelhouse, um, and uh, it, it they're, they're they they feel like they're connecting. Uh, you never know. I mean, there's there's, a, there's a two steps. One is they're connecting with you as a band, and then they also have after you kind of feel like you've figured them out or you own them or you you know uh, whatever. Then they also have to connect with the audience, with the fans, and it feels like. Uh, 72 Seasons, Lux. Uh, we just started playing this song, uh, Shadows Follow. Uh, Too Far Gone uh, was a later edition, and it, it's really fun. And to get the feedback uh, from the fans uh, is cool. And uh, it, it, it feels like they're slotting right in. Uh, and, and it's not blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, here's a new song. And then there's a mass exodus for the merchandise right. stand or right. whatever. Or the beer. You know, it's, it's, right. it's okay. Exactly. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing, and I'll let you go because I know you got to get ready to take the stage. We're in your room here. We're in a room that has like a Peloton in it, like some weights and all that. You've got dressing rooms. You've got a compound back here. Give the listeners a quick insight as to day of show. You're going on stage in about four hours here to close out Power Trip. 
What's the physical regimen? What are you doing here? Are you doing a whole exercise? Oh, I, there's a whole What's happening? Because you got it's so physical. Thing. What you do and the stamina as being a drummer is amazing. What you do, well, thank but you. what's the what's the Lars Day of Show regimen? Uh, it uh, there's definitely the this peloton gets a good workout. Um, I think the easiest way to say it's by the time we when we hit the stage, we're about about two hours into a routine. All four of us have a different pre-show routine um it usually ends with about 40 minutes before we go on stage we meet uh in what we call the tuning room we have a little uh jam room set up and we play and we warm up and we start just rocking and doing our thing and um and so when we get up on stage we're about 30 40 minutes into playing uh and it's kind of it's really for me i think for all of us in our own way it's about hitting a zone and as you get older, hitting that zone just takes more work, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Uh, but so, it, you know, you, you just put more and more effort into trying to be at the absolute top of, of your game or in that zone, um, you know, like game time. Or if you want to, I mean, there is definitely some easy sports analogies uh, you know, there's some stretching and some dietary stuff, and it's all. I mean, we've talked about it for years, and I always obviously say I know it's a very on rock and roll, and everybody. Well, 20 years ago, it was you know Jack Daniels and Cokes and all the rest of the shenanigans, and now it's Pelotons and getting <laughs> stretched. But it, you know what? It's okay, and and this is uh, this is um, you know to respect the music and to respect. Um, to respect the, the the physicality of the music, um, you gotta just go along with those requirements, and it's fine. And I know, like I said, it, it can sound silly in interviews, and I I try to, you know, also I understand it's silly, and you know, of course, the twenty year Lars, you know, if you and I were sitting here forty years ago, ha ha ha, you know, uh, there's a uh, there's a bike machine in the dressing room, but. That's what it is these days. And, um, you know, listen, when you're up on stage and you're in that moment and you're connecting with the music, connecting with the other band members, and more importantly, connecting with the fans, then all of that's worth it. And no matter how silly it sounds in an interview before or after, it's okay. And, um, you know, being around this festival for the, the whole weekend and seeing all these incredible musicians and people who've inspired us and and all five of these other bands are a significant part of the reason that we exist um and so seeing you know steve harris and seeing rob halford and everybody else i mean it's like everybody is doing their own version of being at the top of their game in the way that that they need to do and um no fucking apologies necessary this is what everybody does and who would have thought if you and I were sitting here 35, 40 years ago and going, in 2023, there'll be a gathering <laughs> of Iron Maiden, of Judas Priest, like I said, of ACDC, <laughs> uh, of Guns N' Roses, right. of Tool, and that we'll be invited to be a part of that weekend. And 70, 80,000 people are going to show up and celebrate heavy music and celebrate what this community uh, 
means to all of us. Who would have thought yeah. that that would happen? Do you know what I mean? So um, as a as a fan of music and as a champion of of this music, um, it just makes me so uh, proud and so grateful and it's kind of humbling, honestly. And and I wish it'll last another hundred years at least. You know. Well, I can't thank you enough for always making the time, Lars. I know you got it ready to go on and. I, nothing about what you're doing here is silly because it is that commitment. <laughs> no, because it is that commitment to what you do. And it's why Metallica is at the top of their game always because you take it seriously and you put the work in. So as a fan, thank you for doing thank that. Thank you, Ed. And thanks for yeah. the time, man. It's great to see you guys. Thank you, see everybody. You. Thank you. Right. Huge thanks to Lars Ulrich. Always great to talk with him. Greatly appreciate him making the time from his backstage trailer at Power Trip. So as you just heard, we gave you an overview of some artists that were there at Power Trip just hanging out. And of course, four of the six bands that actually played Power Trip represented with members joining us on the air uh, throughout the show that you just heard. If you missed anything, you know the deal. Go to the SiriusXM app. You can listen all over again and you can hear anything that you may have missed. Unfortunate, we didn't get anyone from ACDC. Again, they were just not doing any interviews. I was told those guys were pretty locked down, that they were actually pretty nervous, understandably, about playing their first show in several years. And so much was on them about getting through it and making sure they delivered. Uh, They just didn't want any distractions. More than understandable, assuming, which I fully believe ACDC announces more shows, I think we'll be doing stuff with those guys, hopefully down the line sooner than later. And again, I did try on Tool. Uh, We tried everything, but uh, and I'm in touch with Adam Jones. I know Adam. I mean, but very, very hard camp to kind of figure and to wrangle to get interviews with hopefully we can do something with them down the line but i do greatly appreciate all my guests that did make time for the trunk nation power trip special lars ulrich chris robinson from the black crows ian and richie from judas priest duff mckagan scotty hill of skid row and nickel mcbrain of iron maiden along with maiden manager rod smallwood all great to visit with all of them And uh, great to see all the Trunk Nation fans at Power Trip walking around and watching all the bands and running into so many people that came up and said hello, wanted to take a photo, said kind words, longtime listeners, appreciate each and every one of you. And it was great hanging with you watching a great, great weekend of hard rock and heavy metal music. Now, the big question becomes, does Power Trip happen at all again? Uh, I tried to wrangle the promoter for Power Trip several times to come on the air with us and get some thoughts about putting it together and if he's going to do it again. And unfortunately, I have been unsuccessful in doing that. I just, you know, can't can't get him locked down to be able to do an interview. So we don't know if there will be a Power Trip 2. Could they find enough big bands without repeating bands to do it again? that could fill a place that big and have that many people and have it make sense again. Don't know. We don't have the answer to that. So I think that will be determined like everything by finding out if it was financially successful. There were all sorts of varying reports about how financially successful Power Trip was. And we don't really have those numbers yet, and we really don't know. And I think that will be a big barometer as to whether they try to do it again. 
If you recall the Desert Trip event done by the same promoter, which featured early 70s artists, only happened one time. So this could be one and done. We don't know. But I can tell you this. There were a ton of people there. And most of the people that I spoke to and we heard from here on the air had a good experience, had a good time. Look, there were people that complained about sight lines and sound and traffic and heat and bugs and dust. And, you know, I'm guilty of complaining of some of that stuff, too. But if you're going to go to a huge festival, that all comes with the territory. Of course, the cost, another thing, a huge factor. It all comes with the territory on any huge festival like this. So, you know, know that going into any festival that all of those things are going to be factors. Where you are in the festival, what package you bought, what experience you bought, all variables that are going to play into everybody's opinions and reviews of what happened. I thought from my vantage point, it went well. I felt that all the bands really did turn in good performances. Everyone's going to have differing views on that based on set lists, etc. But I honestly thought that everybody turned in very good performances. And the big, big thing, which we talked about constantly, was the return of ACDC, how they would do. And to me, that was a resounding success. I really feel that for a band at their age, with as long of a layoff they had, I thought it was a tremendous, triumphant return. It was great to see them. It was great to hear the songs again. Clearly one of the biggest bands on the planet, in my view, the biggest band at Power Trip and the most anticipated band, probably the band that sold the most merchandise, with Metallica probably being a close second. And... uh We'll see what the future holds for ACDC, but man, I thought they killed it. I thought they turned in a great set list as well. Nobody could complain about what they played and the variety that was in it. Well, thanks to all the artists that made time for me at Power Trip. It was a lot of fun. It was a long, hot weekend there in Indio, California. And again, to me, the big thing is, does ACDC do more? I mean, I've got it on good authority that they are they were planning to Uh, Could that have changed after Power Trip? We really don't know. ACDC are a notoriously tight-lipped organization when it comes to what they are and are not doing. So we'll keep an eye on that and certainly let you know. Be sure to join me on SiriusXM every day. Trunk Nation, Faction Talk, SiriusXM Channel 103. Live daily, talking rock with you, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific, or anytime on the SiriusXM app. Remember to get that free trial subscription, SiriusXM.com slash Eddie Trunk. Three months free, no credit card required. Join me listening on the app or live over the air on 103. Social media at Eddie Trunk. Have yourselves a great rest of the week, everybody. Hope you catch me on the radio, if not back here next Thursday for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. 
So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.